God's Little Brown Church Sermon Series featuring Pastor Andrew Chrysler. Praise God. Quarters on. So we're going to talk this morning about being safe in God's hands. Today is November 6th. 70-some degrees in northern Vermont, which is not the record, by the way. They may set the record later, but the record was set in 1934. So that global warming is a little behind. Just want to throw that out there. No, not 74, 34. 76 degrees. Warm and toasty, way back when. Talking about being safe in God's hands, we're in Isaiah 49, beginning with verse 13. God is giving his, his, uh, his declaration to Zion, his declaration to his people, that he is taking care of them. Verse 13 says, Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, and break out in singing, O mountains. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have mercy on his afflicted. Stop right there for just a moment. God is declaring that the very environment around us should be rejoicing because God's love for his people, God's care for his people. Sing, O heavens, be joyful, O earth, break out in singing, O mountains. For the Lord has comforted his people. We know a uh, scripture that says, uh, all, all creation groans and travails, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. God is doing his work in the world around us. Jesus said, going into the, for the triumphal, triumphal entry into Jerusalem, and they told the, uh, the scribes and Pharisees told him to, to quiet down the people as they were saying, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. And Jesus said, if these should stop, the very rocks and hills would cry out because it's fulfilling of God's word. All creation is waiting in anticipation for what God is doing. It ought to be that anticipation also should be bubbling forth in our own spirits. As we come in line with God, as we come in tune with the things of God, as we read His Word and have that expectation that God is doing something remarkable, something amazing, that God is fulfilling His Word, He is being faithful, and we don't yet know what's coming. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of man the things the Lord has prepared for them who love Him. Remember that verse. That's always a good one to grab onto. As we can imagine the great things of God, recognize that the very best I can come up with is nowhere near what God has planned. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have mercy on his afflicted. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me and my Lord has forgotten me. Do we ever feel like God has forgotten us? As we see turmoil in the world around us, as we see difficult things come into our life, there's that temptation to say, God, where are you? But if we hang on to his promises, we get to know, draw closer to the Lord and get to understand that no matter what comes my way, no matter what comes into my life, no matter what comes into your life, God knew about it. The God who knows the end from the beginning knew everything that was coming. And in today's vernacular, he says, I got this. 
We can trust in the Lord. We talked about standing on the promises of God. We talked about God is in control. talked about God will take care of you in the songs we sang this morning. God is watching over us and guiding us and leading us and is at work in us. God's reply to Zion, verse 15, says, Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands, and your walls are continually before me. As God is talking to his chosen people, as he's talking to Zion, as he's talking to Jerusalem, as he's talking to his people, comforting his people, that same comfort can extend to us. That God watches over us. He knows everything that's going on in our lives. He knows what's coming. He knows the end from the beginning. And he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus said, lo, I am with you always. Not just for the next five minutes. Lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Or even until the end of the world, depending on which translation you're looking at. Even until the end, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. We have eternal life in Christ Jesus. We have that, uh, that assurance that we are never alone. Remember, every time we think, about, think upon the Lord, he writes it in this book. God is paying attention. Praise God. In Psalm 91, not to be, well, if you're going to take your scriptures back and, and read them again as you go out, that's Psalm 91. The bulletin's a little off. Close. Bulletin says Psalm 01. I meant to fix all of those this morning. Fat fingered. Fat fingered, yep. The zero is next to the nine. Psalm 91, beginning with verse 1, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. And He shall cover you with His feathers and under His wings shall you take refuge. The, his truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of, the, of terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Stop right there. Scripture doesn't say there's not going to be turmoil and pr problems all around you. Scripture does not say we're not going to experience difficult times. Scripture says no matter what comes, God's got us. However many days we have on this earth, and we don't know, but however many they are, we're in the palm of his hands. There's a, uh, try to remember exactly how it's worded, that the person of God and the will of God is immortal until God's done with them. Nothing can take us out of God's hand. When it comes time for him to take us home, he'll take us home. And until that time, we'll be walking this earth, doing what he's called us to do. No matter what goes on around us, there is no fear, there is no terror, there is no torment that can grab hold to us if we put our trust in the Lord. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. 
I trust in God. I rely upon God. I dwell in knowing that He has me. So that no matter what comes, no matter what arises, no matter what turmoil or what difficulties I may face, I know God has the answer. That God is in control. That I can stand on His promises. That no matter what comes, I'm in the palm of His hands. And nothing comes into my life that he hasn't already seen because he knows the end from the beginning. That he hasn't anticipated. He's the one who knit me together in my mother's womb. He knows everything about me. He knows all my steps. David says that in another place. All of my days are written in your book before ever any of them were. God knows what's coming in our lives. We've talked about that. We've talked about uh, how Scripture says that in the fullness of time Christ died for the ungodly. That was sin way back in the garden. But the Savior didn't come for a couple of thousand years. There was a flood that wiped out everybody except eight people. Noah and his wife and their three sons and their wives. We had the turmoil that had happened on the land. Yet God knew, and in the fullness of time, when it was the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Praise God. So as you go through here is Psalm 91, some of, the, some of the difficulties. He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler, those that would try to trap your lives and entangle you, from the perilous pestilence, from the just the, the turmoil on every side. His truth shall be your shield and a buckler. You know what? If you need a shield and a buckler, that means you're in a battle. And His truth will be the shield and buckler in the midst of the battle. If truth is the weapon, that means lies have to be the offense. His truth teaches us. Knowing who He is, drawing close to Him, is what helps us. Verse 5, you will not be afraid of the terror by night. doesn't say there won't be terror by night. It says you won't be afraid of it. You won't be afraid of the arrow that flies by the day, by the pestilence that walks in darkness, or by the destruction that lays waste in the noonday. He says there's going to be turmoil. Jesus said in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Never says everything is going to be rosy, peaceful, and just you know, you know, a, a nirvana on the earth. He says no matter what happens, I'm with you. We are safe in God's hand, not because there is no danger, not because there is no turmoil, not because there is no difficulty, not because there is no diseases. We are safe in God's hands because He loves us and He's the one shielding us. I think back to uh, the children of Israel in Egypt. They were in the land of Goshen. Now in the land of Goshen, uh, God was watching over them. So all of the plagues came upon Egypt, and God kept them safe. All of the plagues, Goshen is part of Egypt. All of the plagues came upon the land, yet God still maintained them and kept them safe in the midst of everything that was going on. You say, well, the plagues didn't affect him. Well, they had to put the blood over the doorpost, didn't they? But in the midst of everything that was going on, God was taking care of them. It didn't say that there was, they weren't affected by the turmoil around them. It says God continued to, to be at work in their lives. 
continue to protect him. And we can grab onto that same protection, knowing what God has said. In John 10, Jesus is talking. And he says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. No one is able to snatch us out of God's hand. No matter what the term, what comes up, no one is able to snatch us out of God's hand. We are safe in the hands of God, dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, uh, abiding under the shadow of the Almighty, as it says in, in Psalm 91. And God, who, who sees the end from the beginning, who knows everything that's coming, who says He'll never leave us nor forsake us, has us in the palm of His hands, nothing can snatch us out of His hands. Praise God. No matter what comes, no matter what goes on around us, the God who loves us so much that He sent His Son to pay the price for our sin, to make the way, to, make, to be the perfect sacrifice that we might be adopted in His family, that we might come before His throne having the righteousness of God which is in Christ Jesus. He says, no one, no one can take you out of my hands. Praise God. Second Timothy 1. Beginning with verse 8, Paul talking to Timothy, his last letter from prison. He says, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace by which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. But now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Paul is in prison. Paul is going to be put to death here very, very shortly. But even in prison, with the you know, chain to the Roman guards, he's had the opportunity to share the gospel. Not only with uh, people that would come to visit, but the guard got to hear, got front row seat for the preaching going through. And, and Paul says, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to his power. Share with me in what I go through, because what I'm going through God is using. God hasn't abandoned me. He's at work through me. He's at work in this situation. And he's furthering this for an extension, for a window of ministry in the gospel. Paul talked about one group. I don't remember which epistle it was in. It might even be this one. I don't remember which epistle it was in. But he was talking about how this one group of people went out and were preaching just to try and stir up 
trouble and make things harder for Paul. Paul says, I don't care, because it means the gospel is going forth. Paul was so sold out, knew who his, knew who his Lord was, that he knew whatever came, came for the furtherance of the gospel. He had an understanding that he was a... A, a light, an apostle to the Gentiles, but he was also sharing and encouraging the other churches. And he knew that whatever came up, God was using it for purpose. God was using it for his plan. Says, who, uh, verse 9, who has saved us and called us by a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and the grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Not given to us in Christ Jesus last week. It's not like it was a surprise thing. Before time began, God had this plan and purpose in place. And if in the fullness of time, Christ Jesus died for the, for the sinners, God died for the ungodly. Christ Jesus came to become the propitiation for our sins. No, knew about it before time began. Laid out there, and the plans and purposes of God were in place before time began. I've I talked several times, probably one too many times, as a person who used to attend here would say. But when Deb and I went to Branson, Missouri, and we were gone for 12 days out of Vermont and hadn't seen a, a green license plate, hadn't seen a Vermont plate in 12 days, and we were on our way home, and it was in November, and we didn't know if there was going to be a storm by the Great Lakes, and we were trying to check on the Internet, couldn't find anything, check on the radios, we couldn't find anything. And we're praying and said, God, we need to know, because we need to know how we're going to get home, which, which direction we need to take to go home. And 10 hours from here, on the eastern side of Ohio, we stopped, got off the highway to go to the bathroom, Three, you know, it's a clover leaf, so three exits, three loops on the highway, or four loops on the highway, three gas stations. We go to go to the one right here on our right. And as we come up to the stop sign, a car passed us pulling in there with, with Vermont license plates. So we followed them, pulled in. They stopped at the gas pump. I tooted and waved, and we stopped, and Deb went inside, and I went over to talk to them. And as I'm talking to them, we find out they're from Heinsburg. Which, for those listening online and don't know, that's a little better than an hour away from the church right now. It's south of Burlington. These people are from Heinsburg. And were on their way to Cincinnati to visit their son who'd been living there for four years. And they said, don't go near the Great Lakes because there's a horrible storm up there. We had been praying, Lord, we need to know. We need to know what the weather is up there so that we can plan accordingly so we can make our trip home. It, because if there's no storm, it's much quicker going up that way than it was cutting across southern Pennsylvania and going north. And they told us that, and the verse got quickened in my spirit. God says, before you call, I will answer. And the question that popped in my mind was, how far in advance did God answer this prayer? The 10 hours it took them to drive, 10, 11 hours it took them to drive that far. The four years their son had been in Cincinnati, the 40-some years since he'd been born, or back before that. How far in advance has God answered our prayers? 
God sees the end from the beginning, knows everything that's going on in our lives, says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Nothing that comes up is a surprise to him. He's already promised to cause all things to work together for the good to them who love him, to them who are called according to his purpose. Whatever comes up in our life, whatever circumstances we face, as Paul said, becomes an opportunity for ministry, an opportunity to reveal the purposes and plans of God through His grace, through His mercy, and through the blood of Jesus in our lives. Luke 19, beginning with verse 5. Those of you that grew up in the church will recognize this name real quick. And when Jesus came to the place, He looked up and saw Him and said to Him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I may stay in your house. Stop right there. Those of you, uh, you know, growing up in church, especially if you know, Sunday school, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in his uh, sycamore tree to see what he could see. And Jesus came walking by, and he looked up in the tree and said, Zacchaeus, you come down, or I'm going to your house today. Long time ago when the earth was green. And Zach, so verse 6, so he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, the infamous they, those guys, them other people, the scribes and the Pharisees, those that were always looking to find fault, when they saw it, they all complained, saying, he has gone to be the guest with a man who is a sinner. Always trying to tear Jesus down. If they were always trying to tear Jesus down, Should we be surprised that we face opposition for people trying to tear us down? As we try to do the things of God, as we go through this life, are we surprised that we faced opposition when the people were opposing Jesus? Not that I claim to have the righteousness of Jesus to the world around me. I stand in the righteousness of Jesus before the throne of God. But I am different I am not the person that I used to be because of the blood of Jesus, because of the Holy Spirit inside of me. And as I try to stand for truth, as we try to stand for truth, there's going to be opposition. There's going to be people pointing fingers. Look, he's going to be the guest of him who is a sinner. Praise God. Jesus said, if they called me Beelzebub, imagine what they're going to call you. They were always talking bad about Jesus. But Jesus didn't let it affect him. And here, even here, Jesus doesn't address the crowd. The crowd complained that that he was going to be the guest of a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The very purpose of Jesus coming into this world was to seek and to save that which is lost. Praise God, he got me. Praise God, he got you. Seek and to save that which is lost. And the work is not yet done. We're called to send... Pray for laborers in the harvest because the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. So each day, each moment we still have on this earth. Remember, God has us in the palm of his hands. Nothing comes into our life that hasn't already come through God's plan and God's filter and God's foreknowledge. So the people we encounter become an opportunity to share his word. The people we encounter become an opportunity to share love and to share grace. Not everyone will receive it. 
Broad is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be that find it. Narrow is the gate that leads to salvation, and few there be that find it. But we don't know the end of the matter. What we know is we are called to be examples and lights in the midst of this current generation. We are called to be salt and light. We are called to be living testimonies, living epistles, to give faithful witness to the grace and love and mercy of our Lord, that God can take a really messed up person like me and change his life. Really messed up person like you and change your life, that we become lights in the midst of the darkness. That the purpose of Jesus there for, the, for verse 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And then final passage of Scripture, Hebrews 7, beginning with verse 20. Talking about Jesus' priesthood. Verse 20 says, And inasmuch as he was not made a priest without an oath, for they have become priests without an oath, but he with an oath by him who said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not re relent. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. And by so much more, Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant. For there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. But he, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Stop right there for a minute. Jesus, our eternal high priest, Jesus, our eternal advocate, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood, therefore he is able to save to the uttermost. The uttermost. The very, very end. All the way through. Not partway through. He is able to save to the uttermost them who come to him. To God through him. Since he always lives to make intercession for them. For such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, and undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily, as those high priests, to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins, and then for the people's. For he did once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints as high priests men who have weaknesses, but the, but the words of the oath which came up came after the law, appointed the Son who has been protected, perfected forever. Perfected forever as our high priest, as our advocate, who will never leave us nor forsake us. No matter what comes, we are safe in the hands of Almighty God. No matter what comes, He watches over us. Watches over us. No matter what comes, we are never alone. We are never abandoned. We are never deserted. No matter what arises in our life, it is not a surprise to the living God who sees the end from the beginning. No matter what arises around us, no matter what obstacles we face or what turmoil we face, we don't need to be afraid of the arrow that flies by night or the pestilence by day or any of those things that, that come into our life. Any of those things we face. Because no matter what happens, we are engraved in the hands of a living God who loves us, who, who sent His Son to redeem our lives from destruction and has a plan and purpose for us, not just today, not just tomorrow, but forever. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank You. We thank You, Father, for Your Word. We thank You, Lord, for Your love. We thank You, Father, that no matter what we face, we are safe in Your hands. That, that 
nothing comes into our life that you haven't already foreseen. Nothing comes into our life that you are, don't already have a plan for. Nothing comes into our life, Father, that you have not said you will cause it to work together for good. Not that everything is pleasant, not that everything is fun to go through, but no matter what comes, we are not alone. You are at work in us and through us to show your love and grace and mercy to this generation. You haven't saved us for our for strictly our own benefit saved you but you have rather you have saved us that you might show us as trophies of your grace that you might work through us father to be witnesses and to be your hands and feet extended to show your love your grace your mercy to this generation this generation that you've placed us in you who knit us together in our mother's womb and know everything about us know all of our steps Know all of our days all of our days are written in a book before ever any of them were but you are at work in us to show your light, your grace, your mercy, because it is not your will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You have called us to be faithful witnesses and ambassadors of heaven, and we give praise and thanks for it, Lord, knowing that we are never alone, and that however many breaths we have, however many days we have, however much experiences we still have to go, we know that you will never leave us nor forsake us. And we are never alone, and we give praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit glbcdt.org.